And it's uh, good to be with you again. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. It's good to be here again. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great. Good. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, anything new going on in your life? Uh, we got a new features we're rolling out, so that's kind of cool. Oh, with our uh, streamingchurch.tv video platform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're, that's right. We're, we're closing the gap on uh, a problem that a lot of ministries have with their online ministry, not able to yeah. connect up with people after the service. So. Yeah, they'll, they this will give people an opportunity to uh, uh, have some tools, take advantage of some tools to follow up, follow up with people and those kind of things. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, we'll send out some emails. But today we have a special guest. Yes, who's that? So we have Jeff Crabtree, Pastor Jeff Crabtree. Jeff is the founder and lead pastor of Connections Church, and that is in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, and Jeff, and actually you and I, and Jeff, go back to, what was it, Jeff, the 90s where we first met you? Yeah, I think uh, early to mid-90s was about the time. Yeah, so that goes back a ways. Uh, and, and I remember, Jeff, because uh, I was on staff at, uh, at well, where Steve is still at now, at a church called Alive Church in Tucson, and uh, I met Jeff back there. So, Jeff, it's good to have you here. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Well, uh, Phil and Steve, thank you very much. It's my privilege to be with you. Well, we're glad to have you, and it's nice to kind of reconnect with you after all these years. So Jeff has actually written a book uh, called Living Above Average, 50 Life Coaching Tips to Help Change and Improve Your Life. And this guy uh, is not a Johnny-come-lately fella. He has been around for a long time, uh, and you are, I think, uh, celebrating, what, uh, five years in ministry now? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, it'll be 40 years here in November. 40 years. Wow, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm yeah. only 45. Yeah, you started when you were really young. Well, that's good. That's kind of like the same way with me. I started when I was two. But uh, Yeah, there you go, so, my friend. So um, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about, because you know, we, with this podcast, we have lots of people that are involved. Obviously not just in tech, but people involved in in, in uh, volunteering and and uh, people on staff at their church. Senior pastors listen to this. Uh, executive pastors, uh, you know, key volunteers that take a lot of responsibility. So I, I thought it would be good to talk about uh, your book and how that can help them, but also some of the common things that people involved in ministry struggle with. Are you okay with uh, yakking a little bit about that? Absolutely, I'd love to talk with you about both. So, uh, first of all, since you've been around the block a time or two, what, what possessed you to write this book called Living Above Average? Yeah, well, it kind of came around in uh, two different ways. Uh, about 13 years ago, uh, I had gotten to the place in ministry where I'd seen a lot of pastors who I'd loved and respected and appreciated uh, either fall into immorality of one type or another and get out of ministry and get into insurance or selling cars, and, yeah. and I just felt like um, something needed to be done proactively to get on the front end and uh, help guys in ministry, and since I'd been in ministry a long time, I obviously knew the challenges and the difficulties and the temptations, and so I was going to uh, pull myself out and, and leave the uh, local pastor that had uh, been a senior pastor at that time of various churches and start a ministry focused on just pastoring pastors. Uh, in consulting churches, and kind of connected with a good friend of mine, H.B. London, from uh, Focus on the Family. And so I needed to uh, be able to also have some kind of stream of income on the side, 
and uh, that's when I kind of found life coaching. Uh, so that's really how I kind of interfaced the two, ministry and life coaching, is I wanted to find uh, proactive ways to help uh, guys in ministry be successful long-term. And, uh, you know, just speaking in pastoral terms, they'd heard that many times before, so I found a new context in, um, in life coaching. And so I actually started a life coaching business on the side, and that generated the income that I needed to do my ministry to focus on pastoring pastors. Hmm, good. Awesome. So the, you know, the living above average, is, is it geared for pastors, or is it geared for you know, the, the every, everyday person? Or? Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, I, I started uh, the life coaching, hopefully that that would be a modality for uh, pastors, and I found that it just really wasn't, I think, um, for a variety of reasons. So no, it was basically focused on just the common individual or the common couple that was struggling, and uh, eventually then, because I'd been in the um, coaching world a little bit, the athletic world, my brother has been a college golf coach for 40 years, I found athletic coaches who were saying, well, who coaches me? And um, so I started coaching college coaches uh, and then coaching some of their coaches and then found some business leaders who I began to coach. And, and so I, I, it really developed it, and uh, the book and all of my coaching tips were really not focused at all towards pastors and churches, um, but they all came out of uh, my time in the Scriptures or in prayer or what the Lord was teaching me. So it's kind of an interesting synergy between the two worlds. Hmm. So uh, you, you want, I, I don't just, want to just, step on I Steve. just wanted to... There, there's... Um, What's a common situation that, that people would reach out to you? They, they'd say, hey, let's give Jeff a call because I need some help. What, um, what does that person look like? Yeah, great question. I, I've, uh, the reason I wrote the book is that over the 40 years I've been in ministry, whether that be uh, you know pastors or churches or just anybody in a congregation, a, a layperson, somebody I'd run into, uh, they came to a place where they felt stuck in life. Um, and as much energy as they continue to put forth in trying to get unstuck, they only were, if you will, spinning the wheels and, and getting deeper uh, into that. So a person usually would come to me just say, hey, I feel stuck. I had developed what I felt were seven key areas of life, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial, and occupational. And so people were stuck in one or more areas of those life, and they just did not know how to move beyond that. So um, I kind of got a reputation around here that someone that could uh, help them, you know, get a clear view of their future, where they wanted to go, where they want to end up, how to get there, and then I could help them uh, kind of process beyond the, uh, the reality of them being stuck and, and move forward. And it just kind of took off. And so the person that obviously would come to me is usually somebody who uh, really wanted to see more clearly where they wanted to end up and uh, allow me to help them get there. What would you think, Jeff, is the most common struggle for uh, people involved in pastoral ministry today? And has it changed since 1978? Wow, yeah, 40 years, uh, there's been a lot of things. I think uh, leadership in general is much more difficult today in our culture than ever before. And, you know, um, obviously 40 years ago we were trained and schooled uh, in much different uh, 
ways and, and modalities maybe than, than today. I, I just think the, the biggest issue for pastors is their inability possibly to be totally honest with anyone. And so what it does is it causes them to live kind of a, a secret life, uh, because, gosh, if the elders or um, the congregation or other pastors really knew uh, what they were struggling with or were dealing with, then they could not only maybe possibly uh, lose their church, but uh, lose their family, lose their ministry. And so um, they had to hide. And, um, and I think ultimately that's where most of my colleagues and friends that I've watched fail or worked with uh, post-failure would admit they just could not be totally honest with anyone. Hmm. So what, I mean, and I certainly understand that, so what's the answer to that? I mean, uh, uh, is it building better relationships with people that you feel like you can trust? Uh, or is it uh, going to a therapist? I mean, uh, what, you know, how do you kind of work your way out of that? Yeah, there's probably a lot of different ways. My uh, particular focus when I got out of the local pastorate and started my Ministry of Life Connections Network to pastor pastors was obviously to establish relationships but kind of like in a whole different role, here in Fort Collins, we probably had 110 pastors, and I knew 50 of them on a, on a fairly hello basis, uh, know their name, maybe get together uh, under the, a pastoral banner. And they would ne- none of them ever came to me to seek counsel or accountability or be honest with me when I was a, uh, a fellow senior pastor, a fellow colleague. But then when I started my ministry to pastor pastors, uh, within a month, I had one guy come to me and uh, admit that he was an alcoholic. I had another pastor come to me and admit that uh, he uh, obviously was struggling with pornography. And I had another pastor come to me who uh, it said he was on Facebook and got in touch with an old high school girlfriend, and she was unhappy in his marriage, her marriage, and he was unhappy in in his, and it was probably destined for an affair if I had not had an opportunity to talk with him. So I don't know that. Um, obviously, the old mantra that, that you can't be totally honest with your elders or your board or even uh, another colleague, I think may really be true. And so someone who is in a different role but has the same experience that people can trust and, and there's confidentiality, um, I think those three particular pastors are all doing really well right now. And um, so I'm grateful I had the opportunity to to kind of lead them through that that time. It sounds like there's, you know, there's. They say that it's lonely at the top. You know, CEOs don't have anyone to that they can uh, to work with. You're, it sounds like you're somewhat of a, a pastor to the pastors. Is that well? I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's kind of how I got started. H. Uh, B. London, uh, who uh, took care of the pastoral ministry through Focus on the Family, it was about 15 years ago. They did a national study of uh, senior pastors, and uh, the survey was focused uh, predominantly towards pastors who had been in full-time ministry 20-plus years and were between the ages of 40 and 60. And this national survey came back that said 65% of pastors across uh, America, across denominational lines, said they'd get out of ministry if they could. (laughs) So what a a startling reality is two-thirds of the pastors around America uh, who were surveyed, and again, folks on the family had a, a broad scope there, um, 
revealed these guys did not like what they were doing, and uh, but they didn't know anything else to do. I mean, I got involved in ministry when I was 18 years old, and so how do you transition? So you kind of hold on till retirement. Yeah. And uh, I just think that's not what what uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's what the kingdom's all about. You, you uh, and I'm getting off track here for a moment, but you uh, you, you mentioned about focus on the family and, and working with pastors uh, in Colorado. There's a place I went to years ago. Uh, I can't remember the place, but it was uh, primarily sponsored by Focus on the Family, and it was for pastors who needed to take a break. And I can't remember exactly where it's at now. Woodland Park, Woodland. Uh, huh, yeah, there is a Woodland Park right outside of Colorado Springs. Yeah. And, um, and Focus on the Family had something to do with that. It was like a pastoral retreat thing. Uh, but that's right. not the same. You're not talking about the same place, probably. Uh, no, uh, okay. there are some retreat centers, obviously, around the country, but I was never right. really uh, plugged in or interfaced with uh, those camps or retreat centers. Yeah. So in your book, uh, Living Above Average, which is available on Amazon, um, we're talking to Jeff Crabtree here. Uh, you've got like 50 tips, and one of those tips is be authentic in an artificial world. Uh, what does that mean? Well, uh, welcome to Western culture, especially in this day and age, uh, especially when you look at social media and, and everything. Is It's so easy to fall trapped to um, being artificial. Uh, making sure that uh, you look good, talk good, uh, show yourself well, uh, but it may not be the authentic you. And I think that uh, our culture has got so far away from uh, the value of authenticity that, um, that there's really an epidemic and a, a dilemma of self-awareness today. And um, I'm just finding that most people get really tired of always having to to have the mask on and as the old psychology uh, principle was to the degree that you are different than who you really are is the degree of your mental illness <laughs> that's really kind of a crazy thought but if you're not your authentic self and you have to always be uh, living an artificial life then you're really not well and that's why we live in a culture that's never been more medicated with antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, and and counselors that I know, psychologists, psychiatrists are backlogged because people have this inner conflict because who they really are and who they feel like they need to project them to be is very different. And so I, I like to say, I think we have an a epidemic today of, of people being artificial, and I think we need to give the clarion call that it's okay to be authentic and uh, we need to discover that authenticity again all right so um i'm just thinking i'm jumping out to some current events and there's a lot of uh christian leaders that are are taking a fall recently and i would assume that uh had they recognized some of the symptoms either the the elders or the people around the leadership had recognized some of the issues and possibly, you know, reached out to you or an organization like yours um, could have prevented, you know, some of these problems. Is there, are there some common characteristics that may precede, a, you know, a final meltdown or breakdown of things? 
Wow, great question. Um, you know, I think uh, just being in uh, leadership in the limelight today in any role, but especially in pastoral ministry, uh, sets uh, a situation up for you having to hide um, because we live in this perfect world and this, like we talked, uh, artificial world. So uh, it, it creeps up a little bit slow, I think, on, on people, because when you're younger, you think, hey, I, I, I'm hard charging, or I can take care of this, or right. I'm a problem solver. And so they kind of get seduced into believing, yeah, I know I'm struggling, but I'll take care of it. And it's like anything else, it, things grow. It's like that, that cancer cell that, that you can't see. It's there. And then it begins to be rebellious and grab a couple, a couple other cells, and pretty soon you got a major problem. So, yeah, I, I really, again, if I could encourage every pastor, uh, they need um, a third party who, who um, again, if, if there's not a, someone like myself that's been in pastoral ministry, a, a counselor, a psychologist. But again, that's always difficult in a community because... If someone knows that a pastor has seen a, a counselor, that's yeah. that's almost not okay. People kind of freak out over that. Yeah. It depends on the ministry. Right. I know, I know a lot of you know, the ministry that that I'm under. They're they're re- they're very proud about the fact that they you know they they seek out third party help and recognize it. You know that yeah. they need some help and other. You know, it's not that's nothing a, to be ashamed of. That's but a, that's not. Yeah, common. absolutely. And it's going to take some courage on behalf of that pastor to begin to risk being a little bit more authentic, even in the pulpit, um, and being honest about some of their struggles, obviously not to confess the big stuff, but a little at a time, so um, they they kind of fight that artificiality. Hmm. If if you got a moment, one of the greatest books, if we're talking, just going out towards pastors or people in full-time uh, ministry, um, a gentleman by the n- name of Paul David Tripp probably wrote the best book that I know on confronting the unique challenges of pastoral ministry, and it's called Dangerous Calling. Now, I don't know, uh, I don't know Paul, but uh, his writings um, have influenced me a great deal in the last couple of years. Hmm. Paul David Tripp, Dangerous Calling. Yeah, T-R-I-P-P, okay, called good. Dangerous Calling. You know, you know I, we, we were talking about how you've dealt with pastors that have, you know, obvi- you know, most of what we've talked about so far, at least some of it has been, you know, some kind of a secret sin. But what about a pastor? Have you talked to pastors that say, you know what, I'm not sure I believe what I'm preaching anymore, or I don't totally believe it, or I have a different idea. Have you run across people that have come to you and confessed, you know what, I'm just not so sure <laughs> about what I'm talking right. about here. Do you, do you, uh, have you ever had to deal with that? You know, I really haven't dealt so much with that. What I deal with a lot is that they still 100% believe in what they're teaching, but they don't feel like they're living it out. And so there's a disconnect between belief and application. And that's where a great struggle comes in, because they stand in the pulpit and, uh, and they preach with all their heart and with great passion what they believe, uh, what the Bible says, and about the Lord Jesus and the extending of his kingdom, and then they go out and they don't feel like they have the power to live out what they've just preached. Hmm. 
And so that's the biggest disconnect, not so much that I found that they don't believe, it's that they don't believe that they can live out Hmm. what they're preaching. Okay. Interesting. We're talking with uh, Jeff Crabtree, and you're you're the lead pastor at Connections Church in uh, uh, Fort Collins, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, yeah, I, I thought I was pretty sure I saw that in your bio. Uh, you've been around the block a little bit, so um, let's get personal, Jeff. Uh, what's one of the struggles that you've really had to deal with as as a pastor, and and how has it affected you and your family? Wow, that's great. Yeah, the whole family issue is a big one for all pastors in, yeah. in regard to their marriages and, and even with their children. Yep. Um, I think my greatest struggle, uh, Phil and Steve, have been um, a changing of the paradigm in me. Uh, obviously, when you get young in ministry, you get mentored, you get trained through Bible college or seminary, uh, you get your first pastorate, you know, the honeymoon's there for a while, then reality hits. And, you know, the, the, the model that I grew up on basically is programs, you know, just create a men's ministry and a women's ministry and an outreach ministry and a missions ministry. And you spend most of your time, energy and effort uh, building ministry. And then uh, as you get older and older and older, uh, and I think that's why that survey from Focus on the Family was so profound, is that after you've been doing it for 20, 25, 30 years, you step back a little bit, bit and you look for, has that transformed individuals? Has it really transformed couples? Are families really different? Are, mm-hmm. Is the culture really different? And for most guys, they have to answer no. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, there's been a few people that came to Christ, or maybe they did have a little bit of an explosion of an attendance, or maybe they were able to build a different building. But as for really seeing lives transformed, they say no. And so I think we come and look at Western culture um, and what we many times believe is how you do church is very different maybe than what we find in the Bible. And that's Mm -hmm. a very hard place to come to for a lot of guys is because they spent 10, 20, 30, 40 years building the Western church model Mm -hmm. and realize it really hasn't had a great effect. Hmm. Interesting. Fascinating. And so that has been very hard for me, is to get back to looking at Scripture, reading Scripture, and and really seeing the dynamics of what the Bible says, not from my training or from Western church organization, but Hmm. from authentic life, and that's probably been a a big conflict for me, a real struggle. That reminds me of a... um, I had... uh, Worked. This wasn't in ministry, but I had a former boss, and we were driving, and he, he confided in me. He said, you know, I would like to drive that um, caterpillar and move those mounds all day long. And I was looking at him like, what do you, what do you want to do that for? He said, because then at the end of the day, I could look back at what I did that day and say, that dirt was over here, and now it's over there. <laughs> And he said, right. he said, my career, he's been, you know, in his career for 25, 30 years. He's like, what difference have I made? It's been tough. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to see what um, impact you've had unless you're moving right. dirt. You know, so he was, he was saying, I, I just want to be able to, I should just drive a Caterpillar for a while. And then I can feel some, uh, feel good about my, my impact. So it sounds like it, as you were talking, it sounds like that's a fairly common 
thing is like, wow, I've dedicated my life to this. Have I really moved the needle? And I mm. think the answer is you really have. It's just not hard. It's hard to see. Um, and then once you start doing some accounting, I think that you'll look back and go, okay, yeah, yeah. there's lives changed. There's people that came to the Lord. And, yeah. It's, um, Whenever I do a funeral, I I, uh, I always find out, you know, if I'm for somebody I'm doing the funeral for, you know, people come up and, and many times even opportunities to share, you know, during the funeral. And you realize, oh, I, it's too bad that person's not alive now to hear all this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah really exactly. Made a difference in people's lives. Look, look, Jeff, we're running out of time here, but I'm going to uh, hijack this one more time with a question. Uh, let's go back 40 years. And uh, what would you tell young Jeff Crabtree now uh, if you could go back in time to 1978? What would what what little what one or not a huge paragraph here, but what some simple advice might you give young Jeff Crabtree? Well, that's a profound and powerful question. Um, I think first and foremost is to make sure that. Uh, you do have wise, mature, authentic mentors and leaders that are not going to just teach you uh, about ministry, but that are going to uh, invest in your life, and you're going to invest in their life, um, and uh, they're going to help you develop, obviously, in ministry, but develop as a Christian, uh, keeping Jesus the centerpiece, and um, protecting me from me, what I recognize is that uh, uh, over the years I had a lot of blind spots, and I was very passionate, very energetic, very type A, I had some really early success in ministry, and so people were intimidated, I think, to uh, be honest with me, because I was, now I look back and I was easily offended, and, um, and I was defensive, and I could... Uh, kind of uh, skirt around the issue. And so uh, I wished at that, you know, go back, is that I could have been more aware of the longer-term journey that I was going to hit some roadblocks. I was going to hit some crossroads. I was going to have some dark nights of the soul. I was going to have uh, some times where people rejected me. We were going to have false accusations. So I just, you know, as that young person, you just think you're okay. And but you need, you know, mature people that you allow, actually really allow to speak into your life mm. and to help mentor you. Yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. And those mentors can be hard to find, uh, but um, keep going. Right? I keep think they're, right? and thanks for the question, I think they're more available now in my generation. Obviously, the guys that were mentoring me, they, they didn't have that mentality. But I think our generation, obviously, I'm, I'm 60 and been on in it 40 years or yeah. a little more. So the point is, I think we now look back and we want to make ourselves available okay. to be to mentors to the younger guys. Good, good. Fair enough. So, Jeff, how can people reach out to you? You've got the you're in, you're in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, I'll mention the book again, Living Above Average, 50 Life Coaching Tips to Help Change and Improve Your Life, available on Amazon. Uh, your church website is connectionsfcco.org. Uh, is, is that a way they could reach out to you by going to connectionsfcco.org? Is there a better way to, to reach out to you? 
Yeah, uh, probably would be my email address. We still live in that day and age. And uh, my email address is connections, F-C-C-O, at gmail.com. Okay. Connections, F-C-C-O, at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's correct. reach out to you if they wanted to. So, Super. All right. Well, this has been good. Really enjoyed uh, spending some time with you again, Jeff. Hey, uh, Phil and Steve, I appreciate you guys from the past and appreciate what you're doing now. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, we're uh, we're glad to have you as well. And so uh, let me wrap things up here. Our time is up, but we'll have to have Jeff on again sometime in the future. If you have some questions or feedback, you got Jeff's contact information. If you want to talk to us, we can pass information on to Jeff or pass your questions on or your comments. Just send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. I'm Phil Thompson. The guy across the table is Steve Lacey. We've been talking with Jeff Crabtree, and we hope that you have a great day. We'll catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care.